Good morning. Good afternoon, Richmond. It's 12 noon and I'm AWOD here on November 21st. This is the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Richmond, Virginia sports leaders. And this is the biggest time of the year for the sports calendar. Every single year I get fired up because you know there's so much going on this week. And this year there are of course three Thanksgiving games including our Washington Commanders against the Dallas Cowboys. But it begins on Thanksgiving at 12.30, as always, with the Detroit Lions hosting the Green Bay Packers. Commanders are the 4.30 game on CBS. And then Niners-Seahawks, 8.20 on NBC. But the NFL stepped it up this year. One Black Friday game. Dolphins at the Jets. A full slate of NBA action on Wednesday and then again on Black Friday. A full slate of NHL action on Wednesday, and then again on Black Friday. And it's rivalry weekend in college football, and that begins with a decent Thursday night game, Thursday night game to hold you over on Thanksgiving, and that's number 13 Ole Miss at Mississippi State. So much in sports going on this week, and I will be on the road. AWOD on the road heading to Florida for the ESPN Events Invitational from Disney World. This is an annual college basketball tournament that's played on Thanksgiving weekend. ESPN debuted the tournament in 2006. Well, this year, the talent level is awesome. Six. Six of the eight teams in the tournament were in the NCAA tournament last year, including FAU, Florida Atlantic University, who was in last year's Final Four. So that begins... Thursday with Penn State against Texas A&M, FAU against Butler. The winner of those two matchups will face off. VCU faces off against Iowa State and Boise State. Virginia Tech is the late game Thursday. If VCU and Virginia Tech win, they will face off against each other in the semifinals. Or if both of those teams lose, they will face off against each other in the first game of the loser's bracket. But so much going on. In the sports world, got to catch you up. That's how we start the show every day, by catching you up on anything you might have missed around the sports world. And we begin with what I declared was the certified game of the season, the Chiefs against the Eagles here on the Sports App. Here it is, everybody. Clearly, this is the future. Stats, scores, highlights. Whoa, are you serious? Wi-Fi plus 3G, 64K. This one, this one. The Sports App. All right, Stubb, let me bring you on here for a second. I declare this not only the certified game of the week, but I declared it the certified game of the season. Are you giving me thumbs up or thumbs down on that? I'll give you thumbs up on it. Okay. Because I, I, definitely weak. Yeah. I didn't think this was a great week. Now, I oh. will say, Taylor Swift was supposed to be in attendance. She didn't show up. I told you she wasn't. I, I know, but I, I didn't you. trust you. I, I, I believed I, that this was the game. For she her. was in Brazil. She, oh, really? I tweeted that out before they even announced oh. it on the on the. <laughs> I guess I need to be paying attention so. to your X account, Stub underscore Radio. Stub underscore. Yep. Uh, what we need to come up with a name for that? <laughs> like you're on the Taylor Swift beat, the T <laughs> yeah. Swizzle beat. Um, I love alliteration. Something yeah. with like a T or an S. Yeah. All right. So you're calling it certified game of the week. I won't call it certified game of the season, uh, but it, it was a good game, especially the first half. I told you guys, I said, if Kansas City starts fast, they might end up blowing the Eagles out. And it sort of looked like that was going to happen in the second quarter uh, with the Chiefs kind of going on a bit of a run there before the half. But they were blanked 
for the entire second half of that ballgame as the Eagles would come from behind and continue to have the best record in football. Now 9-1 with a 21-17 victory, and they started turning things around with DeAndre Swift. He had 12 carries for 76 yards, one for 35 yards, and this touchdown run. Here's the call. Swift stays in. Hurts. Gives it to Swift. He is racing, racing, racing into the end zone. Touchdown. And after the game, Jalen Hurts was like, yeah, our offense played like crap. Our defense kept us in it, and that's exactly what happened is they held Patrick Mahomes to almost 50% completion percentage. He did have one interception and one sack as the Eagles used a really good third quarter to turn it around, including this touchdown run on a draw play by Jalen Hurts. Here's the call on WIP in Philly. Takes the snap as a quarterback keeper. He runs up the middle. He scores. He scores. And then Jalen Hurts once again completes the comeback. And the Eagles take down the Chiefs 21-17. I will say there was a moment after the game where Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey were talking to each other. And I kind of think Travis Kelsey said, I let you win. Because it was Travis Kelsey who dropped a big pass on third down. And that led to a fourth down that the Chiefs could not convert. And Jalen Hurts with the game-winning touchdown. Here's the call once again on WIP. They shove. Now there's a penalty flag thrown, and we'll see about that. Now they're in, I believe. They are in for a touchdown. And Kansas City's lined up off sides. Touchdown! That penalty's declined. Result of play is a touchdown. Eagles take the lead for the first time in this game. Eagles certainly won this game with defense, but I will say Devontae Smith was impressive. Six catches, 91 yards. DeAndre Swift, three catches, 31 yards. Also, like I said, 12 carries for 76 yards. Jalen Hart's ability to run helped also as he ran into the end zone twice. And the Eagles get a big win despite Jalen Hurts taking five sacks. Eagles now 9-1, and one, and here's the head coach of the Eagles, Nick Sirianni, postgame after the big win. Just another game. All right, and that's the next game, and uh, you ain't going to sucker me into saying that. Uh, this is a big game because it was our next one. Um, uh, felt good to get a win against a really good football team uh, in a hostile environment, and uh, our guys were resilient. We just got a bunch of guys that know how to win. They know how to be resilient. They know how to be together. Isn't it funny how the only way to defeat the Chiefs is for them to drop the ball? Literally, that's what happened. As Marquez Valdez-Scantling had the game in his hands on a key play in the fourth quarter with under two minutes to go. Patrick Mahomes throws it out there. I thought it was like a little bit overthrown, but he was still perfectly in stride. Should have made that catch while going to the ground. You know the rule. If you're in the NFL, you're paid to make the catch. If it hits your hands, you have to make the catch. But he didn't. Here's Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes after the game. Speaking of that play. Yeah, I mean, I have no regret. I mean, they triple team Travis. So I went to the guy that was that one downfield and Marquez won. You just didn't didn't come away with the ball. I mean, I could probably throw a little bit shorter. He was that open. So, uh, yeah, you just got to continue to, to, to try to get better and better. Defense is keeping us in games, and if we can find a way to just get a little bit better as an offense, we're going to win a lot of these games. Lastly here in the NFL, Kareem Jackson banned for four games. Stubb, did you see this? You were watching the Vikings game. I didn't see this, but he hit quarterback Josh Dobbs, wasn't flagged, 
There was no mistaking the brutality of the hit, though. He was given a four-game suspension without pay. This is fresh off of the two-game suspension that he had earlier this season. I'd have to check. I, I, I remember Dobbs getting hit pretty bad, but I don't. Yeah, if there was no flag. It was no they, flag, they didn't yeah. Really play it. I, I, it didn't really stick with me. So the NFL vice president of football operations accused Jackson of lowering his head and making forcible contact with Dobbs, and they said he had no obstructed path to your opponent and the illegal contact could have been avoided. I do like how they're protecting Josh Dobbs because you know what? That guy's going to be a playoff quarterback this year. I, I think he is. <laughs> <laughs> you got to love that. Let's move over to the NHL here on the Sports App. Every day on the Sports App, we track Alex Ovechkin's hunt for history. Well, the Caps have a day off today before the Buffalo Sabres head to town to play the Caps at Capital One Arena as Washington has won four straight games trying to make it Five wins in a row. Their last game was Saturday, and Ovechkin scored a goal. Here's the call on our sister station in D.C., WJFK. And a loose puck in front for Ovechkin. He scores! Alex Ovechkin on a turnover at the end boards. Fed out front and buried by the great eight. It's 3-1 Washington. So the Caps getting some puck luck and playing some good hockey under new coach, Coach Carberry. Have won four in a row, trying to make it five tomorrow. But, of course, we're tracking Alex Ovechkin. Now has 827 career goals. Needs 67 to tie Wayne Gretzky, 68 to become the greatest goal scorer in the history of the NHL. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open. You can be the quarterback of this segment, 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. What up, what up, what up? It's AWOD here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. It is Tuesday, November 21st. Michael Phillips just uh, said that Sam Howell just finished his press conference. So we'll catch up with Mike Phillips in a minute. Of course, you can hear MP on the mic Monday through Friday from 10 to 12 noon. We've got a lot going on on the show today. Uh, I've got an interesting theory for a new head coach here in Washington. Bring that up on the Richmond commander. Linnell Willingham will join us at 115, get his take on the remaining six games of the season as the commanders are four and seven. Playoffs are not completely out of the picture, but I think they will be after an embarrassing loss to the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. I just don't see this team coming to play because, in my opinion, Ron Rivera has completely lost the locker room. We'll go around the NFL on NFL hits at 145. Stubbs put together a list of winners and losers of the week, and we'll catch up with Lane Casadante. Go around local sports at 130. But if you want to chime in, phone lines are open, 833 804 Zero nine ten. Let's go to line one. We've got Trey in Richmond. What's up, Trey? Hey, what's going on, you all right? What'd you want to call in about today, man? Oh, of course them them, them scrubby eagles that you know, they got their they got their consolation win. I'll give it to them, you know, congratulations. But you know, New York can turn around and win the division at the end of the day. They they still gotta play them. 
Well, the Eagles are going to win the division, Trey, but I, I will say they did struggle to win that game. I, I mean, in the first half, it felt like Kansas City was dominating. Uh, they looked really good there, and then they just didn't score in the second half. That was so frustrating as, you know, Philadelphia with their stupid tush push got them a few first downs, and then they used the tush push <laughs> to get in the end zone also. Drives me crazy, man. Yes. And their fans are worse. Like, I, I had a whole discussion this morning with one of them. I had to educate them of comparing our Super Bowl history to Philadelphia's. And, of course, we we, we got a 60% win percentage. They have 25% <laughs> win percentage. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I remember growing up, it used to always be, we have three Super Bowls, you guys have zero. Three to zero. Well, now it's three to one, uh, but at least we still have three. I will say, though, it's been Almost 30 years now, so it's getting kind of tough to win that matchup when you're fighting against an Eagles fan. Right. Hopefully slinging Sammy 2.0 can can lead us. Whoever the next head coach is going to be, uh, you know, I'm, I'm here for him, but... Uh, yeah, that's that's what I had to say, pretty well, much. I appreciate it, man, and keep listening because I've got a good theory coming up in about 15 minutes for who I think should be the next head coach of the Commanders. I appreciate you calling in, Trey. Thanks a lot. All right, take care. Yep, good call, man. Let's go to B in Haymarket. What's up, B? You're on the fan with AWOD. What's up, AWOD? Uh, congratulations on your show, man. It sounds great. I usually listen to you in D.C., but your show sounds great. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate it. And phone lines are always open. So what do you want to call in about today? Hey, man, I want to ask you a question. If you had a choice after this next game of changing out the, the D coordinator or changing out Rivera, you couldn't do both. Which one would you choose? I, I would probably choose the defense coordinator. You know, I, I, I really do. As much as I kind of hate Ron Rivera right now, I do think a lot of it comes down to Jack Del Rio and the fact that he's so cocky and he's overconfident in his schemes that he won't change anything to fit the players that he has. That's what drives me crazy, B. I would absolutely agree with you, man. I, I think changing him out would not be out of the question because you can't evaluate the players that you have right now. I mean, is Jamin Davis... Can he play on the line and be a rushing linebacker or, or an outside linebacker that just rushes? Or is he stuck in that position? Um, are, are the DBs really that bad or is it the system? So I think, you know, win or lose, you really got to think about changing him out so you know what you have going into the draft. No, you're right, B, but you know what's so frustrating is that Ron Rivera is coming out in the press conference and saying, I'm not going to let anybody else take the blame. He's said multiple times that he will not remove anyone from his coaching staff, and so we're stuck with Jack Del Rio until we get rid of Ron Rivera. Well, I'm not going to leave him. Uh, I'm, I guess my eyes are lying, but I can see what's going on. That defense is just square pegs, round holes. Yeah. That's all it is. Yep. No, it's so frustrating because 19 points, it's not, it's not much, but that should have been enough to win when you're going against a Giants team that scores basically an average of 12 points a game. So frustrating. B, I appreciate you calling in, man. Keep listening. Awesome. Yep. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. We're going to catch up with Michael Phillips for a little crosstalk. Stop. Is MP on the line? What's going on, Michael? On the line, on the mic, feeling good. Uh, your, your callers have been stepping it up the last couple of days. Love to hear it. We're the voice of the fan, and uh, we're giving the fan a voice, and they're speaking loud and clear. They don't like Ron Rivera right now. I, I, I totally agree. Anything uh, newsworthy to note from Sam Howell's press conference today? 
Uh, Sam Howell's wearing a Clemson sweatshirt. As you know, he went to North Carolina, made oh. a bet with K- made a bet with KJ Henry on the game, and uh, he looked uh, pretty salty about that outcome. Yeah, no, I, I can understand that, man. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so Sam Howell's big takeaway from the game was, "Hey, look, I, I think we moved the ball all right. You, you turned over six times. That's going to happen." He said, "You know, it, it's not like there's any one thing we need to do to fix the turnovers. Each one's its own event." He, he, singled out you know his participation said here here's what i could have done differently but you know he, he said I, I don't think we need to overhaul what we do it's just cleaning up the details and, and not turning the ball over and i do tend to agree with them on that michael you've been following this team very closely especially now that you're covering them for us and the washington times give me a percentage chance that ron rivera is fired on friday i i do think it's low i i would go with maybe 20 it's it's not zero um i would say maybe 20 to 25 obviously i think they'll lose on thursday um it, it gives you the chance to give the enemy 19 days with one game there a, a little bit of a running start down the stretch um I, I i like that hypothetical in the last one i think firing del rio on friday would would maybe be the best for people because it would be our first statement from ron that things are not going as he wants them to be going. He's always stood by his guys for so long. And as he knows he's on the way out, it would be a, a little bone to throw of like, hey, like, I realize this was a bad call. My bad. Yeah, no, I get that. But uh, I kind of want Ron Rivera to turn in his key card and to not even make it to Dallas on Thanksgiving. But that's uh, that's already too late. <laughs> so, so to be clear, you want Eric the enemy as the interim, right? No, I well, I would be okay with that, but uh, I've actually got a few other options that I'm going to get to in a few oh. minutes uh, here that I think you'll find pretty juicy. Uh, but, but here's the thing, all right, is that Ron Rivera has come out multiple times and said he's not going to let anybody take the blame on his coaching staff and fire them. Because I think he's, like, honestly, he's such a good guy, as much as I don't yeah. like him. I still think he feels bad for firing Scott Turner last year. Right. Oh no, no question, no question. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he is a loyal dude. He, he goes down with the ship. And part of the problem is um, with Lake Lewis. You know, Lake he tweeted last yeah. night. Like, I'm just tired of all this young talent being allowed to leave here without, you know, without getting a chance. And part of the problem to me is there is no young talent here. There's nobody on this roster who you say that person's going to be a head coach in 10 years and 15 years. <laughs> the the, the roster is depleted. The cupboard is empty. There, there's nobody to turn to here. Eric Bieniemy is the only member of this staff that you, you say has a plausible path towards becoming an NFL head coach right now. Yeah, and I'm not sure Eric Bieniemy wants to be the head coach and take the losses on his record for the remainder of the season. But Ron Rivera keeps telling everyone. He's telling grandmas and grandparents, children too young to understand what he's saying, that he has actually made the culture better and solved the quarterback position. Do you completely agree with that? Well, I, you know, I do give Ron Rivera credit for identifying Sam Howell and, and drafting him and developing as he has. I also give Ron Rivera demerits for choosing Carson Wentz and choosing you know, the, the quarterback carousel he had his first year. And he's made bad decisions as well at quarterback uh, along with his good decisions, and I would argue he's made more bad decisions than good decisions. So, sure, I'll put a point on the scoreboard. I just think the opposing more points right now uh, than Ron Rivera is scoring positives for his GM work. Um, in terms of the culture, yes. And I, I, I think, like, I do want everybody to take a second, take a deep breath. And, and you know, I led my show with this yesterday. Just appreciate 
this is not a circus. Uh, this is bad football. It's very bad football. The coach deserves to be fired. We all see it. But think about how Shanahan left. Think about the last days of Gruden. Think about those circuses. This isn't that. And um, I think there is something to be said. He's going to leave with dignity. And the last coach who left with dignity was Joe Gibbs. No, you're right. It's not a circus. But it was a clown answer to tell Grant Polson that he didn't know we were eliminated. You know, it was a clown answer uh, to tell bad. right to tell people that Eric Bieniemy is being too hard on the players in the in training camp. It was a, it was a clown decision to screw up the draft picks. And so, like, is the culture better? Maybe, but like, is there more talent here in the building than when he first started? I don't know if I could say yes. I mean, wasn't Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen already team on the team before he got there? So what? He brought in Jamin Davis. He brought in KJ Henry. You know, he brought in Chase Young, who then we traded for a third round pick. And like you said with Sam Howell, he might have solved the quarterback situation, but he, sh- he could have helped his own job out if he used that talent last year. You know, it, it's it's a very good job. I, I when we do, when we do rank the job openings, I think the Chargers will probably be number one. I think this may be the second best opening in football this offseason. Wow. You got a lot of cap space. You got a young quarterback. You got a, a fan base with just absurdly low expectations. Um, I think it's a really good job, um, and I think the fact that nobody's been able to solve it makes it particularly appealing that somebody can come in here. I mean. Think about if this team makes an NFC title game, forget winning it and making the Super Bowl. If they make an NFC title game, that would be history. Like, that would be the first time our generation has, like, I'm, I'm being generous here, loop, looping myself in with you, but, but, but our generation has seen that. This would, be the, this would be the first time that they've won 11 games, if they can win 11 games in a season. Like, there are jobs you take where you have to win a Super Bowl or you're going to get fired. This isn't one of them. If you win 11 games, if you win a playoff game, you're the best coach this organization has had in three decades. Ron Rivera is not the quarterback of the future. I'm not the coach of the future, but I would like somebody else to be the coach for the rest of this season. And I'm going to argue that the commanders should go outside of the current organization and do the fans a service. That argument coming up next. Michael, thank you so much, man. Have a great Thanksgiving. I'm going to hang up and listen, eh, Yeah, There we go. You're listening to the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Welcome back. What up, what up, what up? It's AWOD. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show. We've already had a few good calls. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. My buddy Mook, Marcus Washington, will join us at 2.30 to go around college basketball. Of course, he covers Maryland and Georgetown. We'll talk VCU, Virginia Tech, UVA as well. So I'm heading to Disney World tonight for the ESPN Events Invitational that features VCU, Virginia Tech, and Penn State. So a lot of really good basketball to be played from Orlando, Lane Casadante to run around local sports with the high school football playoffs continuing. There will be a regional finals game right here on 910 The Fan on Friday at 1.30. That's why Friday my show is from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Uh, talking all things college sports and more. And then we got the Richmond Commander coming up every day at 1 p.m. Who would you like Washington to hire as the new head coach? 833-804-0910. But 
I threw this out there yesterday. I'm going to double down on it. What if Washington went outside of the current organization? What if Washington decided to fire Ron Rivera and to hire someone outside of the building, right? Because that was the argument that everyone's saying to me is you can't fire Ron Rivera because Jack Del Rio doesn't deserve to be head coach and Eric Bieniemy probably won't want to be the head coach and it might mess with Sam Howell's development. Well, then you can't hire the special teams guy because special teams has been a disaster this year too. And we lost all the other guys that had a chance to be the head coach. They went on to better jobs. So what are you going to do? Ryan Kerrigan? That's what I threw out there. So what if they went outside of the organization, right? I'm just throwing it out there, right? Let's just say Chris Cooley. It's not my choice, but let's just say Chris Cooley, a la the Jeff Saturday situation. Because I truly think bringing someone outside the organization to look at what has gone wrong may help them fix the issues quicker moving forward. I actually think this is a perfect opportunity for Josh Harris, the new owner, to give the fans something they want, which is someone to basically not embarrass us like Ron Rivera is doing, right? We're going to lose games, fire Ron Rivera, but let's make a fan-friendly hire. This is just an interim, right? It's just an interim, all right? I've got an example for you. I'm a Chelsea soccer fan. Oh, Awad with his stupid soccer energies. Hear me out for a second, all right? Hear me out. We were bad. We're down bad right now, all right? It's not a good team right now, but we have our coach. We've figured that out. But this is a Chelsea team that two years ago was the champions of Europe, the most successful soccer team in the world. And then it all went wrong, and we fired our manager. And this isn't the first time that's happened. In soccer, this is a, a regular thing where a manager gets fired with 10 games left. And what do they do? They hire an interim manager, right? This happens all the time in soccer. Sometimes happens in the NFL. I, I see it all the time in the NBA, even in college basketball, right? If a coach is fired for something crazy going on, they're going to bring in an interim. And it, it's going to be someone random, right? It's usually going to be someone from inside the organization, but we've seen plenty of times it's someone from the outside just to clean up the mess and get the fans to the end of the season. Give them something to cheer for. Hiring an interim manager, right? Something I've seen my soccer club do all the time where you give a young coach an opportunity, right? That's why I threw out there Ryan Kerrigan yesterday, right? He's a guy that everyone in the building loves. Give someone who may not have earned the manager or the head coaching role right now, give them a small sample size opportunity to seize it, right? To go out and get it and to prove your worth. And you know who did that this year? The Vegas Raiders. They fired Josh McDaniels, lame duck coach. He sucked. He sucked with the Broncos. He sucked again with the Raiders. They fired him, what, three weeks ago? They brought in Antonio yeah, Pierce. A, Antonio Pierce has no experience except for the fact that he won the Super Bowl with the Giants. He has no coaching experience as a head coaching role. We got, what, like three-game win streak and then a point difference yeah. to Miami? Yeah. Like, it's made a, a difference. difference. And you know what? It fired up the players in the locker room, and it fired up the fan base. So give someone an opportunity to seize it. So you know what Chelsea did when they were down bad? They hired football legend Frank Lampard. All right? Club was in down in the dumps. Everyone was upset. Nobody wanted to watch the games. Ticket sales went down. All of a sudden, they hired Frank Lampard. There was life in the club. I watched the game. People are freaking chanting his name. Oh, for Super Frankie Lampard on TV, packing the stadium for losses. There was energy in the building that was noticeable on TV, way more than some games in which they were winning when they were champions. 
There is nothing, nothing like rooting for your favorite team with one of your favorite players in charge. Josh Harris has an opportunity. He has an opportunity. If there's a Redskins legend you would like to be given this opportunity, give me a call. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Who do you want to take over? Because you know what? Does it matter right now? Winning games. Winning games doesn't matter. The season is over. Ron Rivera won't admit it. But we all knew this was a lame duck season. Right? Stop. This is a lame duck season. Well, I mean, you know, you, you, you've had a couple of positive predictions for Washington. <laughs> this was a season in which we really had no chance. Because Ron Rivera will argue he didn't have a full offseason to go out and sign who he wanted. Because he had the change of ownership. They didn't have the money to spend. Well, then Ron Rivera also completely whiffed in the draft. Well, the Eagles and Seahawks found playmakers on both sides of the ball. And then Ron Rivera dropped the ball, literally dropped the ball, by not throwing the challenge flag when the Eagles receiver, Devontae Smith, dropped the ball. He didn't catch it. Ron Rivera just had to challenge that and the commanders win. He didn't do that. And that's why I'm here to tell you, I'm Adam Epstein on Sports Radio 910 The Fan, I don't want Ron Rivera here anymore. I don't like the guy. I can't stand him. And I'm a diehard Skins fan. I have been for 30 years. I don't want to watch Ron Rivera's teams play. Man, thank goodness I'm going to be in Orlando on Thanksgiving. I have no interest in watching this team get blown out by the Cowboys. I have no interest. I don't want to watch Ron Rivera's teams play. I don't want to hear him in the press conference. I'm tired of his excuses. I want to remove Ron Rivera right now. Oh, but they don't have a solution. We don't got, have anybody in-house. That's fine. This team is not much better than before Ron Rivera got here. Like he likes to argue. He drafted Sam Howell. You drafted him in the fifth round. Good find. But you admitted you had no idea what you had in him last year. When you let the talent waste away on the bench. While Carson Wentz stunk it up. And then you went back to Wentz again after Heineke gave you a shot at the postseason. Enough is enough. Ron Rivera must go. So we have to find a replacement. Mark Zuckerman said, For the 32nd consecutive year, Washington will not win at least 11 regular season games. And barring a December collapse by Detroit, every single other NFL franchise will have at least done it twice in that span. Win 11 games. We can't do that this year. It's only six more. We can only get to 10. Enough is enough. We suck as a franchise right now. Josh Harris has an opportunity to do the fans a service. Give us someone who we'd like to cheer for on the sidelines for the final five games. Fire Ron Rivera Thanksgiving night when we get embarrassed by the Cowgirls. I'm hot right now on Josh Harris doing something. Do something. Please, on Friday, fire Ron Rivera, put us all out of our misery, and name a Redskins legend as an interim. A la the Colts with Jeff Saturday. Kind of like how the Raiders just gave it to Antonio Pierce. Would you even want like an RG3? No. In, no. <laughs> no. No, not that guy. He's not a Redskins legend. He's a one uh, he's a one-year wonder. Uh do one for the fans. Because wins and losses don't matter. But ticket sales sure do. Yeah. And if you want people to come to games, you've got to move on from Ron Rivera. So here's the answer that I have. If you want to chime in 833-804-0910. This guy already spoke to the media a few weeks ago, claiming he could fix the rookie corner 
draft pick in 10 minutes. I'm arguing for Daryl Green to be named interim head coach in Washington. Let's see what he's got. Let's see what the legend Daryl Green has got, right? Let's see if Daryl Green can identify the X receiver. Let's see if Daryl Green can throw a challenge flag. Let's see if a Hall of Famer can motivate this team and inspire the boys to start games fast. Let's do something to have some positive momentum towards the end of the season. Firing Ron Rivera is a must, in my opinion, if you want people to watch the games for the rest of the year. So let's come up with a name, a Redskins legend, a skin of the past, even a commander. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Let's go to Frank in Mechanicsville. Frank, you're on the fan with AWOD. What's up, buddy? AWOD, how you doing, brother? I- I'm fired up. What are you thinking? <laughs> Frank? Hey, can oh. you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. There you go. Hey, I got a I got a Redskin legend, should be Hall of Famer, a fellow radio show host up in DC. So anytime I listen to him, can talk to X and O's of football. Ooh. Every single Redskin fan loves this man, Mr. Brian Mitchell. B Mitch would be a good opportunity. I mean, this B Mitch would get me fired up. I mean, when B Mitch hey, starts yeah, screaming too, and his eyes starts twitching, I want to run through a wall. I love that man. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I mean, do you do you understand what I'm saying, Frank? Though, like, teams do. do this in other sports all the time. Just fire this guy, bring in an interim. He's not going to be here in the future, but at least give the fans something to cheer for. Yeah, and I yeah I agree, and I think everyone would cheer for a B Mitch or uh, a Daryl Green, a Fred Smoot, anybody from the past that that knows the the importance of winning. And it was part of that, like, storied franchise that was actually good, and they put good product on the field. I think anybody at this point, anybody yep. but old Ron Rivera. Anybody but Ron. 833-804-0910. Thanks, Frank. 833-804-0910. Let's go to line one. We've got uh, Boogie in Richmond. What's going on, Boogie? Yo, hey, what's going on, bro? How are you doing today, man? Man, doing good. I almost hung up because old boy Frank just stole my thunder. B. Mitch all the way is who we should have, man. I mean, what do you think about the the possibility of just firing Ron Rivera and giving B. Mitch an opportunity? Would you? Would it make you more want to go to games and watch the team? Absolutely. I mean, Washington could hire me to come over there and clean his office off for him. <laughs> uh, I would love to do that. I just need B. Mitch to come on in, but I don't know if B. Mitch wants to coach. Yeah, but he says all the right things. Watching him on his um the Commanders channel and listening to him on the radio. It's just he knows all the right things. He says the right things. He's already hype about it. It's like we really need him in the building coaching. That's a great point. And you know what, B. Mitch, he's on the radio right now in D.C., but I'm going to send him a text. See if so he gets off the air at 2 p.m. Maybe he can join us at 2.30, and we can run this possibility by him. What do you think about that, Boogie? Oh, man, please do that. Yeah. No, it's a good, it's a good call, man. I appreciate it. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Do you have a Skins legend, a Redskin of the past, that you would like to take over as the interim head coach in Washington? Moving on from Ron Rivera is an absolute must in my mind. I'm so sick and tired of this guy. And I feel like I'm a, I'm a pretty good voice of the people here. And I can tell from social media, from going out and about and talking to people. Yesterday from Capitol Hill House, I had two people come up to me and say, hey, I like the show. I hate Ron Rivera. I mean, that's what everyone's saying. We all want to move on from this 
guy that does nothing but cross his arms across his chest and sit there and look like he's pissed off. You know how he does? Stub, have you been watching? Have you seen the thing he does with his tongue where he puts it against his cheek like he's... He's every, like he's pissed every off. Every time I look at him, he's like just he's standing, a pissed off Popeye the Sailor with his Man. Arms crossed. Right. He, he, no emotion on his face. No expression. Right. You'd it think like he would do something he looks about kind of it. Bored. You'd think <laughs> if he was that upset, he would yeah. scream at them at halftime. Instead, he's got nothing to say. Every other coach I watch is like at least walking around, you know, like yelling stuff. It's a. It's like there's a cardboard cutout of Ron Rivera on the sideline. Yeah. Every single week. Is it different? Yeah. Different hoodie, same face. <laughs> every single week. So firing Ron is a must in my mind. Let's come up with a solution for an interim head coach. I'm cool with Eric Bieniemy. I'm cool with Daryl Green. I'm fine with Brian Mitchell. I'm fine with a former skin. I threw out there Chris Cooley, right? Bring him back to town. Let's bring somebody in that the fan base would be fired up for. This is a rare opportunity for Josh Harris. I'm not saying you got to sign anybody to a three-year deal, a two-year deal. This is a six-month rental. Yeah, just have a little fun. Let's have a little Let's fun. Have a little fun. Right? <laughs> It's Thanksgiving. Yeah. Doing for the friends. Friends and families. <laughs> I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio 910 The Fan, now at 105 1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show. You can be the quarterback or the GM of this segment, 833 804 0910. 833 804 Zero nine ten. We just threw it out there. I would like Ron Rivera to be fired yesterday, last week, last year, but by Friday the latest. That's it. Friday has to be the end of the Rivera era. I would like him to be fired. So I threw it out there. You can get in touch with me on Twitter. Who would you like to take over as the interim head coach? 833-804. 0910-833-804-0910. This is the new Sports Radio 910, the fan. Now 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for the Virginia Tech Hokies. And the Hokies dropped a tough one to NC State, which means they will have to win Saturday against UVA to be bowl eligible. Joining us right now, once again, on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, making another appearance here on the fan, it's Noah Fleischman. What's going on, Noah? Hey, Adam, how are you? I'm doing good. No, let me ask you real quick. Are, who do you root for in the NFL? Baltimore, the Ravens. The Ravens. All right. Well, we were just throwing it out there about the Redskins. I want Ron Rivera to be fired, and I want them to bring in a legend as the interim head coach because this happens in sports all the time where we're not going to make the playoffs. The season's over. It's cooked. But I think the owner could do something for the fans here, a service to the fans, by bringing in a legend um, I mean, what do you think about that idea? Like, if, if Baltimore was down bad and their season was done, would you, would you like them to fire the coach and bring in a legend as the head coach? Well, it didn't really work too, it didn't work too well for the Colts last year with, with Jeff Saturday. Hey, time. he won that first game, though, Noah. <laughs> <laughs> then he didn't win after that, so I don't know. It's quite interesting. You know, I think it, it gets people talking, but... Yeah, it didn't go too well the last time a team tried that. No, no, you're right about that. But I will say, if I was a Colts fan, I was fired up that first Sunday because <laughs> Jeff Saturday was the best center I've ever seen in my lifetime until I started watching Jason Kelsey, right? <laughs> exactly. Yep. So Noah is, uh, of course, a VCU alum, but now a beat writer for NC State uh, at the Wolfpacker. Man, Brandon Armstrong really got his revenge against the Hokies. Give us your breakdown of that game. 
Yeah, he played extremely well. I mean, the Hokies made him look really good. He he's been up and down this year. He started the first seven or the first five games and then got benched in favor of a of a sophomore quarterback, MJ Morris. But MJ decided to, to sit in redshirt the rest of the year, so Brendan's back in the fold in these last two games he's been a different quarterback than he was in the first five. He threw for two hundred three, ran for eighty nine at Virginia Tech and, and accounted for four touchdowns combined. So he looks really good, and uh, I think this is the Armstrong that NC State thought they were going to get. I mean, he's playing well at the right time as they push here for 10 wins down the stretch. No, you're so right, and his ability to run opened up the game completely with the 89 yards and two touchdowns, and he was really a uh, good completion percentage as well through the air, 18-26 to 26 for 203 yards. But I thought the story of the game was NC State, the Wolfpack, stopping a red-hot Hokies offense. How'd they do that? Yeah, I mean, they, they're they really good at stopping the run this year. Um, you know, overall, NC State held Wake Forest the week before to seven rushing yards for the entire game. So going in, you know, I thought that they would try to stop the run, which they did try, but it didn't work. Instead, they were stopping, you know, the pass. Kyron Jones had 16 passing yards in the first half, I believe, and that really allowed NC State's defense to get rolling. They didn't allow, you know, Virginia Tech to get a first down, uh, to get a third down conversion till you know, late in the second half. They were over seven to start and Tech finished, you know, over six to start, they finished one for seven. Um, so NC State's defense buckled down. And, and the score was a lot closer than the game leads on the believers, 35-28. But NC State led by three scores at one point and in the second half kind of just let their defense play prevent and just not give up a three-score lead. And that's what they did, and they ended up pulling it out. So, you know, the Hogies now have to win at Virginia if they want to get in the bowl game. It's Noah Fleischman with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Follow him on social media, Fleischman underscore Noah, uh, covering NC State as a beat writer for the Wolfpacker. This is your first year now covering the ACC. I mean, what are your overall thoughts? I mean, Florida State and Louisville uh, making the conference look good as Clemson has a down year. They are. I mean, if you look at it, you know, Florida State's playing really well. Obviously, Jordan Travis is done, so it's going to be interesting to see how they play against of Florida this weekend, but you know Louisville's playing well too. They're going to be in the, the conference championship as well. And NC State played Louisville close, thirteen to ten loss. If they had won that game, we're talking about NC State playing in the ACC championship game. But things didn't go their way that day, and and now I think those two teams are playing really well. And I think it's going to be exciting. Louisville's got a chance to win the conference now for sure. And if they do, then I don't think that bodes too well for the uh, ACC's playoff hopes. Um, so I think you need Florida State to to win and, and go undefeated here to get into the playoffs. Yeah, let's discuss that a little further. I mean, Louisville having an incredible season, but you're right. I I, I think even if they went out and then win the ACC uh, title game against Florida State, they're probably not going to make it into the top four. Uh, do you think the committee looks at Florida State and says, hey, uh, if you drop that game to Florida, but then win your final game, you're still in? Or are they now, without their quarterback, going to be looked at as a team on the outside looking in? I think if Florida State wins out, though, they'll be in. Um, but I think if they do drop the game to Florida, it probably you know ends their, their playoff hopes just because the amount of teams are all so good right now in college football as a whole. And, and who's on the outside looking in? You've got you know Oregon sitting right there with one loss. I think you take a one-loss Oregon over a one-loss Florida State. Alabama could make a run for it. Texas can make so. That last spot's got a lot of teams running for it. And right now, Florida State sits in it, probably staying it this week uh, when the new CFP poll comes out tonight. But if they lose, I do think there's a lot more, you know, one-loss teams that are probably going to jump them in the rankings. So, for the ACC's sake, you need the Seminoles to, to win out here. 
Yeah, no, I'm with you, Noah. Uh, it is rivalry weekend in college football. What's the biggest rivalry you're looking forward to watching? I think it might be the one that I'm at. Uh, it'll be Carolina and NC State, two teams that are you know eight and three overall, trying to you know finish better than the other. NC State with a win can finish you know sole possession of uh, of, of third place basically in, in the conference. I mean Georgia Tech could tie them, but you know NC State could finish third, which is really good. Um, especially in this this year that's been a down year. But, you know, there's other teams, there's other games, right? You know, Virginia Tech, Virginia, growing up in Virginia, it's always a big game. And you can just look around the country. I mean, I think Auburn and, and Alabama is always a fun one. But this year, it probably won't be a fun one to watch. I think, you know, the, the tide will probably roll right through, right through Auburn. How about Michigan, Ohio State? Michigan favored to win for the first time in five years. But, of course, now without their head coach, who are you picking? Yeah, I mean, I think... Michigan still gets the job done. I don't think the head coach really, you know, makes an impact on the game. I guess he makes an impact, but he's still coaching during the week. He's still doing everything. He's just not there on game day. I think that that's not as big of an impact, I think, as it would be if he couldn't coach during the week, couldn't do anything. So I think I think you give me the Wolverines to, to beat Ohio State. Noah, thanks for chiming in, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Adam. Yep, follow him on social media, Fleischman underscore Noah. Read his work, thewolfpacker.com, covering NC State. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan.